Hello, everybody. Mackenzie here coming with the next installment in our episode by episode review of the new hit musical comedy show, Schmigadoon. In each episode, either myself or Autumn and I will be breaking down the events of the episode, the songs, the new characters that get featured in the episode, as well as we'll be pointing out the fun Golden Age musical Easter eggs that this show is pulling heavily from. So here is now episode two of our exploration into the land of Schmigadoon. All right, so what happened in this episode? Well, we pick up basically right where we left off. Josh and Melissa are now stuck in the realm of Schmigadoon until they find true love, which spurs an argument on about whether their relationship is uh, uh, based on true love, if there is true love in the relationship. And of course, as they start to argue, in come the townspeople to uh, musicalize this moment. And they do that with the song Lover's Spat which is a great common number, which we'll get into. Ultimately, the argument ends with Melissa breaking up with Josh and storming off as she realizes Josh is, has a plan to try and get out of Schmigadoon with another woman if that's the only way he's going to get out. So Melissa's upset. She wanders through the woods and finds Mayor Aloysius Menlove, played by Alan Cumming, uh, also alone in the woods where he's taking a personal moment to kind of make sure he keeps up his facade of being, as he says, gay and, and cheerful. So... In this moment in the woods, they connect. Uh, he actually sings a song called Somewhere Love is Waiting for You. And ultimately, Melissa ends the scene by throwing away the rock that has the heart uh, on it, the, uh, the heart-shaped rock that has Josh's name etched on it. So she throws that away. And of course, the mayor not realizing that what's going on, he also throws a rock which hits Pete as a continual running joke uh, in the show. Meanwhile, we cut back to Josh, who in town... Uh, is still trying to figure out his way out, and Betsy, played by Dove Cameron, uh, takes to flirting with him as they set up for the basket auction uh, fundraiser event that's coming up. And sure enough, Josh decides to pursue this flirtation as he sees it as a potential way to escape Schmigadoon. And so Josh sets off to get changed. He meets up with Melissa, who's very upset that he's going to attend this basket auction, and she attends begrudgingly standing in the back drinking from the gentleman's punch bowl, which is spiked with alcohol. So this basket auction is a clear homage to the backs basket auction scene from Oklahoma, which also features baskets being auctioned off along with the women who make the basket. Uh, the reason for this particular basket auction is because of the running joke of that the preacher's wife, played by Christian Chenoweth, Mildred, is burning books and banning books. And so they have to keep replacing the book stock. And so very much we get another Music Man joke where in Music Man, it's Chaucer, Ravelais, Balzac. We get a, a Chaucer, Voltaire, Balzac. And and Christian Chow takes this as an offense as Mildred and tells Emma Tate that she won't take a husband as an insult to her. So the basket auction begins and there are some very clear homages to other musicals. We have the names of who wins the baskets as a fun Easter egg game. So we have Enoch, uh, who is a clear reference to Enoch Snow from Car Carousel, Curly, as in Curly from Oklahoma, Marcellus, as in Marcellus Washburn from The Music Man. So lots of little great name drops in there. Uh, ultimately, as the basket auction continues, Melissa continues to get more drunk as she drinks more punch. Josh bets and wins Betsy's picnic basket, betting a whole $20, which in Schmigadoon is a lot of money as everything was based on bits, which is 12 and a half cents. 
So Josh very coolly wins the basket. And this really sets Melissa off, who now drunkenly takes to the stage to berate the town for this barbaric, uh, thinly disguised human auction, as she says. She then raffles herself off to the town, much in to everyone's surprise. They don't fully get what she's doing, which creates some uh, awkward comedy for Melissa. And ultimately, it's Danny Bailey who steps up and bids $2 and wins Melissa. And then very quickly closes the auction after that. So then we get into our final part of the episode, which is a dual sequence where we have uh, Josh and Melissa going off with their new partners. So Melissa and Danny sing the song Enjoy the Ride Part 1, where Melissa finally gets a number of her own, where she gives into the flirtations of Danny, and they kind of dance and sing around the Tunnel of Love and ultimately go into the Tunnel of Love as they kiss, thus consummating their partnership. Meanwhile, we cut over to Josh and Betsy, who have gone on a hike up to this hilltop that the town teenagers call Virginity Ruins. It's during their conversation appear that Josh realizes that Betsy's much younger than what she seems to be. And as he tries to get out of this, Betsy starts to sing the song about Enjoy the Ride Part 2, where she uh, turns the lyric into waiting till she's a bride, as in inferring that she will wait to be uh, sexually active until she's married. Ultimately, she decides to give in to the lust that she's feeling for Josh and kisses him. And at that very moment of the kiss, we have her father, Farmer McDonough, uh, pull a shotgun out on Josh and force him forces him to propose to Betsy. And that's exactly where the episode cuts off in this very cliffhangery moment. All right, so let's get into the characters. We uh, are featured more heavily in this episode. So there are two characters we saw briefly in the first episode that now we're going to get into in this episode. So first off, it's Betsy, played by Dove Cameron. So like uh, Aaron Tvet's Danny Bailey, who is a clear pull of uh, uh, Billy Bigelow from Carousel, we have Dove Cameron's Betsy as a clear model uh, off of Ado Annie from Oklahoma. Both women are of indeterminate age. They're very flirtatious, very open with their intentions. Both women are very open with their sexuality and are kind of held back by kind of the strict uh, rules of the town in that sense. Uh, and I mean, Dove Cameron does a really great job walking the line between the ditzy, buck, buxom blonde character and also being sincere in what she in what she believes. Like She honestly is following for Josh and thinks that this is true love. And so she plays that very sincerely. And then she and then she totally flips and becomes very flirtatious an adult and then she goes back to being a child again with her sisters and then on the hill you got this mix of kind of lethal from sound of music almost that teenager almost adult level which confuses josh understandably um so we get that and i mean cameron's timing is just superb i mean the way she builds into these great kind of pauses to let a joke land is superb and just the choreography she gets for her number of uh, Enjoy the Ride Part 2 is hilarious with the cantaloupes and the uh, dried meat sausage that she pulls out. Like, it's obviously very phallic and sexually based, and she just totally buys into this. I mean, the way I mean the way she does that whole pie whipped cream thing is very sexual, and I mean, it's very kind of funny. And that's what's going on. So she does a great job, and I hope she gets more songs because she is a fantastic singer. And I hope we... And I hope, that we won't have Betsy's arc ending in episode three that will get her throughout the rest of the season as well. But she's fantastic. Well done, Dove Cameron. And of course, the next character we have is 
uh, someone we met in episode one, which is Mayor Aloysius Menlove, played by Alan Cumming. So this character isn't a direct musical theater pole like Dove Cameron's Betsy or Aaron Tavessi. This is more an amalgamation mashup of the various town leaders and mayors we've seen in classic musicals. They're kind of a bit bumbling, not quite always there, um, not always quite getting the inferences that are thrown their way. I mean, but men love play, but Mayor, Mayor Men Love, as played by Cumming, is very kind, and you side with him right away. You see, he has a good heart and wants truly wants to make his town a very happy, welcoming place for all the townspeople. So, I mean, with that, I mean that's very kind of special, and I do love that about, about this character is that he is sincere and that he isn't just played for uh, comedy of not totally getting what's going on. So that was really lovely. And it's all, I mean, it walks that line of sincerity, almost to the level of Rose Nyland from the Golden Girls, where it's almost too uh, obvious and takes it too seriously, but it's really that fine line and coming does a great job with that. I mean, the mustache is great as well. It's very funny. And I mean, it's also so much fun with the way that like he is clearly in the closet, but yet he's also still working with the Golden Age musical term, so gay would have meant back then as more happy versus what it means today now, uh, referring to the LGBTQIA plus community. So it's great that when Melissa kind of tries to connect with him on the, with these modern terms, he's not quite getting it. So it's really kind of great there. And I mean, it's wonderfully played. It's very, it's walking that great line between sincerity and comedy. So well done to Alan Cumming. All right, let's get into the songs. That we had in this episode. So the first song we had is Lover Spat. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. Then she says, Oh, what a surprise. You don't want to talk about it. Then he says, Um, what is that supposed to mean? Then she says, It's not supposed to mean anything. I said what I meant. Then he says, I can't do this with all these people around. Then she says, Oh, you can't do this, period. Every and this is a song that's sung by the townspeople. It's another fun one. And this is a song that's clearly styled after the numbers like Nothing Like a Dame, Pajama Games Once, once a Year Day, and the whole concept of He Says, She Says moments are a clear reference to it's been a really long day from how to uh, from how to succeed in business without really trying. So there's a lot of great musical pulls there. And then, I mean, we also get a very clear reference to Carousel's domestic abuse as featured in that in that uh, main couple's relationship in that musical by incorporating a spank into the choreography. And Melissa's very quick to point out that that is not right. So... That, so it's another great kind of tongue-in-cheek way of referencing another classic Golden Age show and the problematic qualities it has about relationships in those types of shows. That, yeah, there, there were some very challenging, not very modern perspectives on uh, relationships. So it's kind of great to see that explored there. And then it's also funny to juxtapose the upbeat uh, song this is with the sincere argument that this couple is having with Josh and Melissa it's very clear that they are really struggling with this whole concept of, are we really meant to be together? Is this true love? And it's a very sincere argument. And ultimately the breakup is very sad because you're gonna see Melissa's clearly here because she did think this was a um, big relationship for her. 
And Josh is just clearly not connecting on that. Once again, he's doing his practical thinking of how do I get out of here? What's the most efficient way to do this? Not what are my partner's feelings? So we have that going on. I mean, I also just like how at the end of the song, the townspeople think that this song's gonna end, this one's gonna end with the, with the makeup and a kiss. And they freeze to give that moment of romance, but then at the end, it doesn't end that way. It ends with the breakup. And at the end of the song, in a moment of, you, so you think that's what happened. They don't quite catch on that. that. It didn't quite work out that way. So that was great. All right, so next song we have is the song sung by Mayor Men Love, and that is Somewhere Love is Waiting for You. Then you smile at you, place your hand in his, and at once you'll know what contentment is. Then he'll hold you close in his strong tanned arms, and your heart's a fire setting off alarms. At last the love that was forbidden no longer must be. So this song is sung in a very operatic style and is very much an homage to the character of Emile Debeck from South Pacific. And this is because South Pacific was written operatically because it was uh, the original actor Enzo P uh, Pinza, who played the original Emile, was an opera singer. So it was written in that style. And so you clearly Alan Cumming is referencing this in the way he's singing this. I mean, this is very much a uh, reworking of that great romantic ballad, Some Enchanted Evening. So you have that. And the song is another great homage to the queer subtext that is often found in these golden age musicals that couldn't be overt in the 1950s and 40s, but it's there if you want to read into it. And what's great is that you have Melissa picking up on the on these inferences while the mayor is just kind of going along and singing it like a golden age song, which isn't making direct, isn't making direct parallels. But Melissa's picking up on this as modern audiences do, which is really kind of fun. And of course, the reprise is even great with the big final note. You throw the rock and you hit Pete, poor milkman Pete, who gets hit again, which is this running joke that he just keeps getting hit with stuff. And then you see him in the back section with the bruise. So it's great. I, it's it's another great number in the woods. It's wonderful. And of course, we have Enjoy the Ride Part 1. When it comes to love and romance I've never left a thing to chance Stiffer than a froggy in formaldehyde Now it's time to enjoy the which is a great way to, once again, further Melissa's character in this piece. Uh, so you have her in this case, this is her first full song, and it's very much a clear reference to the song If I Were a Bell from Guys and Dolls, which is where Sarah Brown, who is also drunk, lets loose and kind of gives into her inhibitions with Sky Masterson. And here you have Melissa doing the same thing. She is drunk from the punch bowl. She's now giving into her feelings and flirtations with Danny. And she's letting loose. And it's also funny that Melissa, still being the modern outsider, is still learning this role. So she's making funny quips about, oh, I get a song now. Oh, it's in my key. Oh, it's this type of thing. 
like it's so she's very much kind of realizing what's going on in the moment which is funny and in the, in the dance that Tivet and uh Cecily Strong do is great it's a wonderful way of using that set with the with the shotguns or or, or the shoot 'em up games and the way they just move around that space is wonderful so it's a great evolution to the character of Melissa and I couldn't praise it more for that I mean this is a great way to set her up and she's going to get a reprise of this song later on so it's really kind of great to set this up now for her and she gets this wonderful moment and you can see she's buying into this world of uh, of a land of musical you can see she kind of fits in here in a way even though she may not like the less than modern uh, way things are run in this town she does like this world of music that's coming out of her so she's very much into this now we have enjoy the ride part two the girls like to show their skin Get in a boy's mind set on sin Willing to do things that I have never tried I'm gonna wait till I'm a bride Which is the song that Duff Cameron sings and her version, as I said, is she's reversed the lyrics to now wait till I'm a bride, which is different from obviously enjoy the ride as she's saying she won't enjoy the ride she's gonna abstain but we know that it doesn't work out that way very much this is a homage to 808's I can't say no uh that type of thing where both Betsy and 808 are talking about resisting their temptations that they have for 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 in their sexuality that they have in them so it's great in both in both cases 808 and Betsy don't resist they have they they very much embrace those temptations which is wonderful and i mean the comic timing duff cameron has with this number with once again i said the cantaloupes the sausage the pie just the interaction she has with josh the little side looks it's really great really well done this number could be overly sexual it also could be uh just not laying with the way the comic pauses are built in but this works really well so well done duff cameron and now we get to final thoughts so Final thoughts for this episode. So this is a great follow-up to the pilot. It builds nicely on the story and gives the supporting cast more time to develop. While also, tragically, you see Josh and Melissa fall further apart from each other. The Oklahoma basket auction recreation scene was by far my favorite moment of the episode, just because it was such a great, well-done reinterpretation of that scene from a very classic musical. And just the way Melissa's open commentary on it is really well done, too, because she's right. It was a very thinly veiled human auction that was happening on stage. And the fact that this type of thing would happen, very obvious. And so the fact that she's calling down on it is really great. And also just the way they squeezed in all the name Easter eggs. It was just a really well done scene. The comedy in that scene is spectacular from Alan Cumming to Cecily Strong to uh, um, Keegan Michael Key. All of them are just firing all cylinders in this one scene. It's great. It's a great town. It's a great community scene. And I mean, I have to say my favorite song of the episode was Love Respect, just because it was such a well-done juxtaposition moment of the episode. It's a great way to kick off the episode as well. So it's very well done. So once again, this is another terrific outing for the Landish Migadoon. Stay tuned, everybody, for episode three. Hopefully we'll get Autumn on here before we get to the end of the six episodes. I know she's been watching on her own and she's been busy with some other projects, but she'll be back for another episode very soon. So... Stay tuned for that, but thank you all for tuning in and hope you all stay healthy, stay safe. Follow me at Mackenzie Horner on all, all social media platforms. You can follow my antics with Cup of Hemlock at 
couple have mock theater platforms where we do reviews of musicals, of plays, interviews with artists, all types of good stuff there. So tune in for that as well. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you all with episode three of Review. Yeah.